Hello, this is Noah B. Ambrose, and you're listening to the Noah B. Ambrose Show. Yeah, my initials are NBA. Yeah, sadly, though, I'll never play there someday. I don't have the skills. But what I do have the skills for is covering them. See, my dream is to be working at ESPN or some company like that someday, covering all the sports news. And so this podcast, covering sports and uh, pop culture, well, let's just get into it. Hello. Yeah, guys, I'm back. I hope you're excited for that. Uh, Let me explain to you about why I haven't dropped a podcast in a long time. If you guys are disappointed or you had been waiting for it and hadn't got it or you had honestly forgotten about it, I'm sorry that that happened. But the reason why I I hadn't dropped a podcast in a while is with the COVID-19 stuff going on in this country, there wasn't a lot of sports and it was leaving me feeling kind of uninspired. Um... And so I didn't really want to drop any podcast. And then there was all the racial unrest in our country with the police brutality and other um, crimes happening against uh, our minority brothers and sisters in this country. And I really didn't want to be a distraction away from the movement uh, of people who were trying to bring that to attention I didn't want to be taking away from that so I didn't feel like it was the right time to drop any new sports content so I waited for a while but I felt like now is the perfect time to start dropping again the NBA bubble is going great and games are officially starting up tomorrow I'm sorry this this podcast is just NBA if you were looking for something else I have another podcast dropping on Saturday where I'm going to talk my feelings about Major League Baseball and the NFL and a whole bunch of stuff. But this podcast is straight NBA. And I was hoping to drop it earlier in this week. Uh, It was a a little long when I recorded the interviews. And so I was trying to decide whether or not to split it. And I spent too long deciding that by the time... I remembered and I was like, oh, I haven't dropped it yet. Today, I was like, the bubbles, the games, the actual games that matter start tomorrow. I need to drop this. So here it is. Sorry, it's a little long. Hope you enjoy. All right. In this segment, me, my grandfather, Mike Ridley, and my brother, Josh Ambrose, are going to be breaking down the NBA bubble and each team that has a shot at winning the championship this year, and some of them who are there just because. Because we're going to start with a team that doesn't really have any shot of winning the championship. They are the ninth seed in the East right now. They're 24-40, and 40, which means that they are 6.5 games out of the playoffs. And to make the bubble, you had to be uh, within six games of making the playoffs. So they barely made it in. And they're without their two biggest players. John John Wall, I'm not counting. He's kind of irrelevant. He hasn't played in two years. I'm talking about Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans. Bradley Beal was lights out this season. But he did something to his rogue tater cuff. And so he's not playing in the bubble. Davis Bertans, he's being selfish. He's worried about 
getting hurt, and he's a free agent this offseason, so he was worried that if he played, he could get hurt and damage his value for money. So he's not playing because of that. But they st- the team still has to play. Um, they're without their, their best players, so I don't really think that they have much of a shot. Honestly, I think that their ceiling... Their ceiling is making the first round, and their floor is losing every single game leading up to the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Uh, Would you agree with that, guys? Yeah, I would see them as maybe having a shot at winning one, two games out of this eight, and um, very, very long shot of making it to the playoffs. I I agree. Uh, I think that the one... The one player that, uh, if they're going to be successful, I believe that it really is going to be up to their rookie, Ru Hachimura, because their roster is not a very exciting roster. Um, they've got a lot of young guys, not a lot of big name guys, but I think Ru, I think really has big potential. So I think he's the most exciting player to watch on that team. Um, but he needs a cast of players around him yes. to make him better. Yes, but I'm saying he's the player to watch on right. that team. Right. Uh, I think Shabazz could play well. He's um, in a location where he can succeed with the big minutes at the point guard position. Thomas Bryant has a great offensive game. His defense is atrocious. Uh, this team is one of the best offensive teams in the league, but their defense is just so atrocious that it's not even... Like making them, that's what kept them with a win percentage of three seventy five. Their defense. You see them as in the top ten offensive teams in the league. Uh, by the stats, they are. Okay, even with the existing roster. Um, not with their roster right now. I'm saying with Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, and Davis Bertans, they would be. Yeah. Um, but without, I I believe that. But I think. But no, with a with a main cast of Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown. Moritz Wagner and Isaac Bonga. That's not. A, that's not top ten. That's not top ten. That's that's not even really play. That's not really even worth being in the bubble. They're here because they were six and a half games right. out, so the they don't really have a shot. Uh, Carl Felton, if you're listening, we apologize for hitting on your wizards. Uh, in the eighth seed right now. The Magic, they're thirty and thirty-five. I believe. I believe they have a little more of a shot to be with Jonathan Isaac healthy. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh said with Josh, Jonathan Isaac healthy, he believes they have more of a shot. I think that they're they're seal first, second, exit. First, second, and exit. I say they're Not they're the yeah they're they're ceiling. I would say their ceiling is. A first round exit. Um, I don't really see there being. I'd say that's also their floor. Hmm. I don't think there's a way that the Magic miss the playoffs. They're consist. They're definitely better than the Wizards. And honestly, I think that they could skip up to the seven seed, and the Nets will fall to the eight seed, uh, because the Nets are missing more. Uh, clear players, 
which means that they'll make it more interesting in their first round series. But there's still a first round exit. I mean, facing off against the Raptors or the Celtics in the first round, I don't think they could beat either of those teams, but I think they could take them to six six games. I agree. I, agree. I think that um, they, if they'd have a better shot of getting that second seed for sure, I think that's maybe even a reach, though. The seventh seed? The seventh seed. The, over the Nets? who are the Nets. I have this feeling like about the Nets. I understand that, but I just have this feeling that somehow the Nets are going to, because they're only, what, a half game different? Um, they both have they both have the same amount of wins. The Nets have one less loss. So, I mean, I haven't really So it's looked, a half game difference, I haven't yeah. really looked closely at the, the strength of the schedule, but my feel, I just have this feeling that the, the Nets are going to maintain that seventh seed and that it's going to be Orlando in the eighth and they're going to be facing uh, Milwaukee and lights out. I was showing high potential in the absence of Kyrie Irving before I, the bubble. I think the biggest, the biggest thing that helps the Magic is that the Magic are a big team. Yes, They're big bodies. And I think the guys who are going to be the most successful in this playoff are the big men. Because I think that defenses are going to be weakened by the restart the most of everything. Um, so I think the guys who are talented finishers, we're going to see a return to centers being actually important again, I think, in this playoffs. I think that we're going to see the big men, because their physicality, they won't lose that. With And with people being out of shape, they'll be able to do more with it. I guess I have the, the feeling that I think that in uh, a lot of times what happens is the defense comes back first before the shooting touch. So... Um, I would think that the teams are going to be stronger defensively than they will be offensively. But then I do agree that it does give an advantage to the teams with a big man that scores well. Yeah. Because they're not taking their – it's not so much dependent upon the shooting touch as much as the position. Yes, for sure. Especially um, for the Magic to be successful, I know that Josh already referenced uh, – I believe you said Jonathan Isaac, correct? I believe he is – very key to them being successful, but I would if I have to go out and say who is the most, who's gonna have the biggest impact on their success, I really think it's Markel Fultz at the point guard position. I think that Markel Fultz and DJ Augustine and Mar- and um, Michael Carter Williams, their circle of point guards, those three guys, they're all serviceable. But I think that Markel Fultz needs to play lights out for them to be successful and be more than just serviceable. Mm-hmm. He was um, he was playing well at the end, right before the league shut down. But who knows if how he's going to come in now? I think he's looked well in the last few scrimmages. I've seen him in, but I I think for them to make a difference, it's not going to be about Isaac and Vasevic and Bamba and Ross. I think those guys. We should expect to do well. I think for them to be successful, it comes down to point guard play. I would agree with that. I would agree. Okay. And then for the current seven seed, we know. I know we talked about them quickly for a little bit, the Nets. Um, I'd, I'd say their ceiling, their ceiling is a first-round exit, and I can see their floor being I – I think – the crazy it would be crazy if they missed the playoffs, but I, I think they could come very very close. With the amount of players mm. they're missing, there is. I think they'll make the playoffs, but it'll be very close. 
I just have a feeling, like I said, that I think they're going to pull together. And the addition of Crawford makes a huge difference for them. Definitely, but he is also super old. Yeah, but I think he's going to you know, bring that, that level of experience and, and we, we could uh, see stability. similar to what happened with the Celtics. That when all the, as soon as Kyrie was taken out of the mix, they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. There you go. And yeah. Harris Levert has shown the promise of when he stepped out of the shadow of Kyrie when Kyrie was injured earlier in the season. So there is a chance. I hate to say it, but I really feel like it's Karis Levert and a whole bunch of G-leaguers and EuroLeague guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has the supporting cast of guys to really help him. Joe Harris is going to be a shooter, and this is a shooter's gym, from what I've heard, right. with the black corners and mm-hmm. not the fans. It's making it easier for shooters, which is good for Joe Harris. But I think that him and him and Harris are the only two b- walking buckets that I really would trust. I know Jamal Crawford, he dropped crazy amount of points the last game he played, but he hasn't played in a year and he's old so it's it's a i think he could he if he plays if he plays really well i think that's going to be what makes the difference jamal crawford is going to be the difference maker we're we're only talking about one or two game difference i think yeah you know he may that may contribute to a win one win two wins oh yeah i don't think we're talking about like they're going to go six and two no (laughs) definitely not uh even though they do have a relatively easy schedule uh, and then going on to the sixth seed in the East, I'm talking about the 76ers. They were 39 and 26, and I think well they have the same win percentage. Six and five is tied as of right now. The Pacers and the 76ers, mm-hmm. but we're gonna go into 76ers first. Um, 76ers, I'd say. Ben Simmons is healthy again, so that'd be an improvement for sure. I would say that their ceiling is Eastern Conference Finals, and their floor is a first-round exit. But the Sixers over the last few years, they always are overhyped and always underperform. That's what they've been known for over these last few years, so I'm kind of expecting that. I think that having uh, Ben Simmons shift to power forward is going to be a major difference maker should help a lot it will open up the floor um, make it easier for spacing reasons uh, make it so that Embiid doesn't have to stay in the paint all the time um, I think that Shank Milton was was hot coming into the into the shutdown and he deserved to earn the spot at point guard Al Horford needed to be moved to the bench he was not having a good season in this system um, so moving him to the bench and shifting Ben Simmons, who needed a change to power forward, was a smart move, something they should have done a long time ago. He played power forward in college. Um, but, I was, so like I'm going to say, I, I think the difference maker is going to be Ben Simmons' play at power forward. I think that's, that's probably very true, that Ben Simmons will make that huge difference. Embiid has to play well, you know, and I think they could be a scary sixth seed. I think they could give the number three seed a little bit of a trouble, and you know, Def- totally especially if it's the Celtics. Right, right. Because of their maybe it's the, that size that they have, um, maybe maybe that would really carry them past the Celtics. It'll be a scary series. Yeah. Uh, then the currently the five, even though they have the same record as the Seventy Sixers, is the Pacers. The Pacers, I think they're 
they're a team that a lot of people forget about. Um, they're usually just the first round exit to Celtics, so <laughs> not that many people think of them when they think of a playoff team over these last two years. Um, true. I think when it really comes down to it, I think that they are extremely underrated. They have a good core. Um, I think that that they could... At the same time, though, I don't think that they are an Eastern Conference Finals team. I think that they're a second-round exit as a ceiling and a first-round exit as their floor. Um, I don't really... I don't think that Victor Oladipo, he was looking pretty rough earlier, and um, I think they were still undecided if he was playing or not. I think he is playing. He's playing. If he is playing. And Malcolm Brogdon back, too. Right. And and he if they, if they both play to their potential, I think that they could get into that second round. Have a good shot at that. Yes, because he is playing. Yeah. Um, but right. he he just has to prove that he's that he yeah. is how he was pre-injury. Because right. when he came back after he was completely healthy, supposedly, um, earlier in the season, he did not look good. So I think this season is a make-or-break season for the Pacers. I believe that if the Pacers have a rough season, somebody's getting traded. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's Oladipo or Turner... Or, or Sabonis. I don't think Sabonis gets traded, but I think either Oladipo or uh, Turner will will be gone if they don't make some noise. But um, so I think Victor Oladipo is going to be the the most important guy. His health is the biggest right. question, right. and his play is going to be the difference maker. Yes. And then so the Heat, who are forty one and twenty four. They are the four seed, and I think that their ceiling, I think that they could be in their ceiling is a finals team, but their their floor is a second is a second round exit. I think that I think that with their core, they are ready to make some noise. The question is is just going to be. Are these young guys ready for the playoff stage? Uh, I think their ceiling is the second round. I don't see them getting to the finals. I don't see them getting past the Bucks. Yeah. I think that that they're the scrappiest team in the NBA, and they're a team that that works like crazy. They're a team that I remember Jimmy Butler his fir- the day of the first practice for the Heat. He showed up at 3 in the morning because he wanted to be the first one there. Mm. He said that there was that within a, with not that long after, he already had one or two other players already there. He said Tyler Harrow is is just got a crazy mentality for a rookie. He I've always been a Tyler Harrow fan. I think he his crazy confidence has really is really great for his shooting with his shooting touch. Um, that's great to see in a rookie. I think Duncan Robinson is a great shooter. Bam Abadayos came so far. Um, I really think that he can make us. He could guard up against Embiid or against Giannis. Yeah, especially and, with the addition of a defender like Iguodala. And Iguodala as a defender, he he makes them even more dangerous. I think that with Goran De- 
Dragic is a high IQ guy coming off the bench. They've got a team that could make some waves. I guess I see them as a year away from being a team that makes that noise. I think think they need to come together, and that's going to take a little bit more time to build that chemistry. For sure. I mean, they have a whole bunch of young guys. Harrow, Bam, Robinson, Nunn, Jones Jr. Those guys are all still really young. Right. So I think saying they're a year away is like is likely. But I say there is a chance that they can make some noise this year. There's a chance, yeah. Yeah. And then the three seed, we've got the Boston Celtics. I think that there's a shot that they could take the two seed before the playoff starts with these eight games because there's only a three-game difference um, between the Celtics and the Raptors. But the Celtics, I think that their ceiling, honestly, I think that they could lose in the West. They could lose in the finals in seven games is their ceiling. I don't think they can win this year. Um, But... Their floor is a second run. Their floor is a second run exit. Um, the Celtics. Their biggest question to me is, is is a is a center rotation of Theus, Cantor, Williams, Williams, and Semi enough? Mm. Um, they they've proven us in the regular season that most of the time. It's definitely serviceable, and they were able to beat some quality bigs while doing it. Um, in the past, set. Guys are really just like defense. Uh, I'm not gonna put a lot of points on the board, right? But I really think that the first scrimmage. I'm not gonna base everything off of a scrimmage. The first scrimmage, they let Stephen Adams run all over them. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like prime Shaq out there, like. But then the second game against Aiton, they did a much better job. I think they just needed um, one scrimmage to um, realize what they, where they need to be and figure things out defensively. And then they, because then they went against the Suns, and they definitely should have better handle their defense. I still think defense could be a problem, but I'm not going to overreact to the first scrimmage they had. Um, scrim- but I think for them to be successful, that. Their center rotation has got to be lights out on the defensive end. Um, I think Robert Williams, Robert Williams Jr., or the third, Robert Williams the third, has shown elite potential on the defensive end. He once blocked Anthony Davis multiple times in the same game. Um, Taco, he's got the size, but I doubt that they'll really play him at all because I think that. Um, the more they play him, the more they'll have to pay him because he's a free agent after the season. Um, I think Theus will be able to make to be serviceable most of the time. He played admirably all season, and he really impressed people with his defense this year. Um, and Cantor, he's never a defensive player. Uh, Semi, he was he's been great when you put him on guys like Giannis, but um, I think Biggs. Are going to be their biggest struggle. I know consistency coming from that position. Yes, yes. Um, because I see them really. Realistically, I think their ceiling is is Eastern Conference finalist, and uh, the floor might be that first round exit. 
I think that the, the next biggest question for them after their big men is Kemba Walker. Because right. Kemba Walker, his health has been a question with his knee all season long. Yeah. He missed the first scrimmage because of his knee. They didn't play that well in that scrimmage. He played in the second scrimmage. He only played nine minutes. But when he was playing, they ended up winning that game, and they looked so much better when he was on that court. Mm-hmm. I think that health, the health of Kemba Walker is equally, I, I would say, almost or equally important to their big play. Because uh, we know that Tatum and Brown are going to play. They're going to play well. Those guys are going to average around 20 points a game, both of them, uh, night in and night out. Hayward's going to be solid. He's the healthiest we've ever seen him in a Celtics uniform, I believe, mm-hmm. right now. So I believe that it's Kemba and their big men that we really have to worry about. Then for the Raptors, the two seed right now, I'd say that their, that their ceiling is um, world champions back for a second year in a row. But their floor, their floor is also a second-round exit. Because I think the Raptors, we need to see if Serge Ibaka, well, not Serge, um, what's his name? Spicy P. Uh, Pascal Siakam. That if he, as in the regular, we, we've seen he can be lights out and be a, arguably top 10, top 15 player in the NBA. Um, but the question is, is he ready for the playoff stage as a number one option? He's got the supporting cast around him with Ibaka, with Ibaka and Gasol and Van Vliet. And Van Vliet. Um, they've got a great core. They basically returned the same mm-hmm. team as they had last season, minus Danny Green and, Kawha- and Kawhi, and played the exact same way they did. They had basically the same amount of success that they did as when they were with Kawhi. They looked just as good on the court. I don't think that the loss of Kawhi is going to hurt them that much. So I really think for them to be successful, it really comes down to is Pascal ready to be to build on his playoff legacy. I think the experience they gained last year is going to be so beneficial to them as a team. Put them heads and shoulders above, even in Milwaukee, because they don't have quite that same sort of experience going in. Um, I think that it'll be those two squaring off in the finals. Milwaukee versus Raptors. The Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. Yeah. Um, then the Rap, the Bucks, the one seed, um, I think their ceiling is obviously I think they can win the finals. Um, but their floor, I really, um, I think they could be a second round exit. It's unlikely. But it's most likely, but it's most likely that won't happen. Right. Um, I think there's a slight chance that with a roster like they have, they have great chemistry. I'm not going to doubt anything like that. But their players to surround Giannis is just, I don't know if come playoff time, they're ready yet. Um, they've got some older guys. Their roster is older, and those guys are going to start slow because with with the restart, this is a longer break than the regular schedule, which can also be beneficial to to, to let them rest up to get rest up any 
nagging injuries, any, uh, you know, just any of the, the difficulties with, with things. Uh, I, I see that as a benefit to them. And I, th I think because they're older, there's more experience in the league, a little bit more experience with the playoff pressure than maybe some of the other teams too. I just think that um, the intensity might be a problem with uh, right away because of their older age. And the fact that Chris Middleton said he hadn't picked up a basketball in like four months. Like, that's your number two option. Like, he said he wasn't playing basketball the whole entire restart. So, there's going to be some rust there. Yeah, on his behalf, yeah. And, um, I so I really think, I think that honestly, that it's it would be safe to say Eastern Conference Finals is a safe bet for their floor. But I think there's a slight chance. But I'm not even... I might take the, I might have to take that back and say that it would be the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals because with Giannis he's the best player in the NBA right. and I believe that he's got a pretty good group of players around him too that's gonna you know take him to and their ca their chemistry is the be I believe the best chemistry in the NBA right um so I think the that an interesting player to watch is um, going to be, I wouldn't say this is the most important player, but an interesting player to watch with this is Dante DiVincenzo because I think he was really finding his groove and he was getting more minutes near the end of the season uh, before the season shut down. And I think that he's going to be an important piece to their bench when the bench, when the bench gets on the court. You know that Eric Bledsoe has never played well in the playoffs. Eric Bledsoe has not been a very good playoff playoff point guard, so Dante is going to be important. Uh, but I really think that we know Giannis is going to go out there and be a bucket. So the real the real question is: Is Chris Middleton a true number two option? I know he's an all star, but is he a number two option on a championship team? That's going to be the biggest question for them. I would agree. That's a huge question, especially without his playing during the offseason. All right, and then we head over to the Western Conference, where there's many more teams to discuss, because there's a lot more teams with chances of making making it. So we look at the Suns; they are 13th. They have a very slight shot of any team in the making the playoffs. I'd say theirs is the hardest, even harder than the Wizards, honestly, right? Because the Suns, their record... Four over teams to beat out. They have... Four teams to beat out. Yeah, they're competing with the Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, yeah. Trailblazers, and Grizzlies. Five teams for the eight. For the eight. So, the, the Suns, I think their floor and their ceiling, both of it is winning, winning a few games in the... Out of the playoffs, yes. But then not making the playoffs. Right. The though, this is if the Suns are ever to make any noise, which I don't believe with their current roster setup, that they ever will. Um, I think Devin Booker is going to be gone from that team within the next year and year to two years. Um, that they're not going to be able to make with with a roster like they have right now. I don't think that they're able to make a. Sh 
make noise in the Western Conference. I agree with that. Um, so, I really think that the player... I don't even really feel like player to discuss is really... Devin Booker... Let's just say, how many points can Devin Booker average? Like, if he does 20, it'll be outstanding for him. Devin Booker? Yeah. He's the guy who... He's more like thirty or forty. No, he he. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about you know at this at this stage of the game against the everybody playing for that that place in the playoffs. It's a shooter. A key on him. It's a it's a shooter's gym uh, is what has been said, right. and I think that he was uh, upset about um, the way he he barely made the All Star game if I'm correct. Um, he doesn't feel like he gets. Yes. And so he he feels like he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. They're gonna they know he's bad at defense, but I think Kelly Oubre Jr. being healthy again is a big plus for them. But and Aiton, Aiton and Oubre are gonna be players to watch. Baines as well. Um, but I'm not really excited to watch anyone on that team. I mean Cameron Johnson has shown flashes of int- of um, of a winning winning attitude and uh, some interesting plays in the scrimmages. Same thing with Ty Jerome. But I don't really think that there's anyone on this team super exciting. Um, so then we're going to go on to the Spurs. The Spurs are probably going to end their playoff streak this year. I think that... It's a real good possibility that's going to happen yes, this year. I believe that. I think they have like. I don't think that they're. I I think their floor and their ceiling is missing the playoffs. I don't think they have a shot at all of making the playoffs. Um, Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, both are need to get traded and they need to start over. Start the young. Start the young. Yeah. Start working with their young guys. Murray, White, and Patty Mills, Calvin Johnson. Jacob Patel, those guys are good. Keep them around. Walker, those guys, keep the young core. But get rid of DeRozan, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Tyler Zeller. Get rid of those kind of guys. They we need. They need to... Um, I think it's time that Pop... I think he's in the process of retiring. If you notice, uh, in, one, in, in the scrimmages so far, he has let his assistant coaches have a chance... To coach and he sits on the bench and assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the season, there was a few games where he assistant coached and they did that too. So I think he's in the process of winding it down. I think Pop is one to two years before he's done. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be managing a team that's not successful. And now maybe he's not ready to do a rebuilding program either. Yes. At the same time, so so he may lean more toward keeping. Uh, Aldridge and others to you know allow them maybe to be in a better better position right away to be a playoff team. Yes, although not this year. <laughs> yeah, um, I I really think that um, it's time for the Spurs to start fresh and um, that yeah they're they're not they're gonna end their streak. Yeah. Uh, then eleven the Kings. Kings are the first team that we're going to discuss in the West that I actually believe have a shot at making it into the as the eighth seed and losing in the first round. Mm-hmm. 
I think they have a slight chance. It's not high. I don't think that they're better than the Pelicans, Trailblazers, or Grizzlies. But I believe that they have a chance, if if the cards go in the right order, that they can make the playoffs. Um, if the schedule's in their favor, yeah, that can be huge for them. Uh, I, if if Hild and Fox and Bogdanovich have a few lights-out games. Um, it's I, a long shot. It's a long shot. But it's it's their ceiling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think that they'll make. They're the Kings are another team that are a few years out. Yeah. I think that they would have been in a better position right now if they had not fired their coach and hired Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. Luke Walton Im- implemented a new style of play that slowed them down from one of the fastest from the fastest offense in the NBA to one of the slowest. Mm-hmm. He changed their play style completely. And they suffered considerably for the first half of the season. Um, Buddy Held struggled especially. They benched him. I think that for them to be successful, Buddy Held has to be let out. I think he is a key player on their team. Uh, then, 10 seed right now, the team everybody is talking about, is the Pelicans. And I believe the Pelicans, that they, they're a first... Their uh, ceiling is a first-round exit, and their floor is missing the playoffs, um, yep. obviously. Uh, I would say that the Pelicans, that I don't think it's about Zion. I know that the NBA wants to make it about Zion. That's why they're doing a bubble, because they, they know the way to get the most money, the most viewers. Is by watching is getting making more games where Zion's going to be there, um, yeah. because everybody l- loves Zion and, um, but they were successful pre-Zion. Um, so I really think it does. Zion's not their most important player when it comes to this. I believe it's going to be Brandon Ingram. Is their player? Um, Who's an all-star this year? Uh, I think that the most important thing for them, JJ Redick, has never missed the playoffs in high school, college, or his, I believe, thirteen-year NBA career. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. I'm trying to think how many different teams, but he's been on a good amount of teams. Yeah, yeah. But he's never missed the playoffs. Um, and they do have the softest schedule. They do have a soft the, schedule. For these eight games. Yeah, so I believe there's a strong shot that they have a strong chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Magic, Bucks, but, but I don't believe that. I believe they're an easy exit. I believe they're. A, I believe they're an easy team exit. Yes, I think you're right. Yes, and so then it comes to the Trailblazers. I believe that their their floor is not making the playoffs, um, but their ceiling is their ceiling. I believe they can go all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Out of an eight seed, yes. Out of an eight seed, I believe that the Trailblazers are finally healthy again. They got back Nurkic, which was. Extremely important. We know that Dame is going to be lights out 
playoff name is. Um, but having Nurkic and Collins healthy again, um, I think a, ba- a a team that has Lillard, Anthony, Nurkic, Collins, Whiteside, McCull- and McCollum all on one team, that team is dangerous. Um, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. We can't forget that. I think they could push the Lakers to, to a seven game in that first round. But I don't know about getting past, past the Lakers. I think there's a slight chance that LeBron does not play as well as, as people are expecting him to. Because I think LeBron always has a slow start to seasons. And this is basically a new season. It's a whole right, new it's game. Like starting all over again. It's longer than the normal yep. break. So I think if LeBron has a slow start and AD doesn't make up for it, they're they're screwed because their their bench is already hurt because Avery Bradley and Rondo, their two their two best point their two point their two guards off the bench, two high IQ players are both not playing. Their bench is not very high IQ. They've got McGee, Deion Waiters, and J.R. Smith. Three guys who are on shacked in a fool all the time. And so I really think that they're not, that the Lakers, that they they could run into some trouble. I think they could run into some trouble. I don't think LeBron lets that happen. I don't think he'll, he's going to, He's going to go out in a first-round exit, I guess. That's, that's my point. But I think Portland's got, they're building a strong team, and they're, they're, they're definitely – it's like they're an up-and-coming team. If they they're, more old, time, they're old for up-and-coming. <laughs> but, but I'm saying that this group that's together now, yeah. I think if you, they had more time together, it might be a different team story. Has playoff experience. Right. Yeah. Compared to some of these younger teams. Like a Memphis, maybe. Or, Memphis, yeah. I – they're a real tough team. They they were a team a lot of people were predicting. I'll admit it, even I was predicting that was not going to do anything. I thought they were going to be near the bottom of the West, not win, maybe win like 20 games. I didn't think they were going to be good this year. But um, I give credit to their GM. He definitely found some nuggets in the draft and yep. free agency this year Probably and last year. Rookies, yep. um, they have a really good young core. Um that that decided they were ready to compete before anyone else thought they would be. And so I think that their floor their floor is missing the playoffs. But I think their ceiling is is a first round exit, but a tough first round series. I think that's probably very true. I think they, they might just miss the playoffs. Just miss it by yeah. game, maybe. Because of the NBA's obsession right. with Zion. Right. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> you know, that might be the reason. But then I do see them. If they're if they're going to face the number one team, they're not going to move past that. Yeah. Then in sixth, or uh, seventh, excuse me, uh, the Mavericks, we have a team that I think is a real dark horse sleeper team. I think Luka, he was, he was great this year he uh he was in the mvp conversation obviously he's not a guy who will win it but he deserves to be in the conversation um he he was great this year 
Um, and Porzingis, he's healthy. I think they're a good du- they're a good duo. Yep. Honestly, I think they're one or two years out. But I think with Luca and Kristaps, Seth Curry, um, and their core that they have, I believe that they could they could their their ceiling is making the finals, but their floor is at the same time a first round exit. They have a very wide disparity of what they could do. I think if they could get to the sixth seed, and I'm not sure if that's possible, if they could get to uh, it's they are uh, one and a half games back. If they could be that sixth seed, I could see them getting to the final. I could yes. see that happening, the conference final. You know, um, otherwise, they, you know, I, I, I guess I still would see them having a good shot at being a, a sixth seed. Yeah, they can. I mean, one and a half games yeah, is not, not that big of a difference. Uh, then I think the guy that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, it's, but I think the guy who's going to be sick, extremely successful in this series is, we saw this last year, Seth Curry was honestly played like the better Curry brother in the playoffs yeah, last year. Did, yeah. um, but... He's already shown potential in that. In the scrimmages, mm-hmm. he's been lights he out. 100% field goal percentage. Yeah, 100% field goal percentage with a good amount of shots, too. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think with the amount of defensive coverage that Luca and Kristaps yeah, are going to get, demand all the attention, that, yeah. he's gonna, that he's going to play extremely well. I think he's going to be the player to watch on the Mavericks. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, then we get to the Rockets with their extreme small ball. And I think that I'm not a big fan of their extreme small ball. Um, I think their floor is a first-round exit, and their ceiling is a second-round exit. Um, that I, sounds about right. I think that there's, yeah, their small ball already is concerning to me uh, because small ball is normally good, but extreme small ball is worrisome because there's just good bigs in the and when you're 6'8 guys playing center he's going to get beaten around a little bit and Um, I think your point earlier that the advantage to the the teams that are larger that are physical yeah physical teams stronger up up front that they they have that advantage in a shortened season like this yes and so I really think that um, that really makes a difference and that I, I'm going to be interested to see if we notice any effects of Harden and Westbrook um, on them of having had corona. Because we know that it can do things to your lungs. Right. And two fast-paced guards. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they have to slow their pace down at all or if they're going to be completely fine. And the question is always the chemistry with between the, the two of them. Between the who, two of them in particular. Who shines? Who gets yeah, the triple double? Yeah, who gets to hold, hold the ball most of the time <laughs> and take the most shots? Yeah, because it's two of the yeah. highest, highest usage, triple double kind of guys. Right. And I think they were slowly figuring it out this season. But um, this. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I really feel like this season kind of has a last hurrah feel to mm-hmm. the Rockets. Uh, D'Antoni, his contract's over after the season. 
I don't think that he gets re-signed. Um, they were very upset with him over his Hong Kong comments um, a few months back and uh, how he hasn't been able to get the playoff success. Right. But um, That's the bottom line in the NBA. Yes. That playoff success. So I really think that the Rockets, those both of those guys are on the wrong side of 30. Yep. Their core is on the wrong side of 30. Eric Gordon is also over 30. I think Covington is as well. Um, so I really think that this is this year is their last real shot at the championship as as they are right now. Um, so I really think that this is going to be a make or break year for the Rockets, but they're going to break, not make. I think I agree. They will break. Uh, then in the five seed, the Thunder, which they have the exact same record as the Rockets as of right now. So either team technically could steal it with mm. the way the season plays out with the eight games. But I think the Thunder, between those two teams, the Thunder is the better team of the two. Um, I think that there are three guard lineups of Chris Paul, Shea, and um, Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. in crunch time minutes is very successful. Uh, Steven Adams is looking great. He's looked really good in the, in the scrimmages so mm-hmm. far. Um, I don't think that they're ready to make no- major noise, but they're going to make it tough on everyone's lives. Um, so I really think that their, their floor is a first-round exit, but their ceiling is the Western Conference Finals. But not, but it will, it'll be an early exit in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think that Chris Paul, his leadership on this team is uh, really, really important. And uh, with the quiet gyms, he's able to to lead even stronger because he can use his voice and be heard. Uh, that's something that players have talked about when playing him in the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think uh, Chris Paul's play is going to be extremely important. Uh, I don't think he's a long-term guy for the Thunder um, because just by the fact that the rest of the team's young and he has a huge contract and he's old. But... I think they have the right mix, though. Right They've got now, a good mix. Of, of some of the experienced players and younger players and the, the amount of players that contribute to the offense. Yes. So that's, they have a really nice mix. Right. He's, he's, he's a great mentor for Shea. Huge, yeah. yeah. And for Schroeder. Um, same thing with... Um, no, I'm talking about... I know that he's a free agent after the season. Um, European guy, big man. Forward, no. His name's like. His name's uh, Gallinari. Daniello Gallinari. Uh, I know he's a free agent after the season, but um, he's really been key to their success this year. Him and Chris Paul, the veteran leadership. So I think that this year is going to give them gain, give the team gain the team some important playoff experience, but they're not ready to make the big major waves. Uh, then we come to the four seed. In the West, the Jazz. The Jazz, they could be a first-round exit. They could be a Western Conference Finals team. Um, I don't see them in the real finals. Yeah, I, um, I, don't, I think it's a stretch for Western Conference Finals, but I think they're going to have a hard time getting out of that 4-5 game. Yes, yeah, so, I think. Um, because 
Yes, there could be the chemistry problems between Gobert and Mitchell. Um, but Gobert is still one of the – he's still the best center defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, debatably between Anthony Davis and him, but I would say year in and year out, he's proven to be the best center defensively. Um, and that's going to be important. Oh, yeah. And Mit- Mitchell and Clarkson – those got those young guys are are gonna get buckets. I think their biggest question is is Conley finally ready to produce? Conley's been a disappointment all season. They traded for him because they thought he was the piece to unlock their them being a championship contender. I think for them to be one, he has to start playing better. That's the big thing for them. Again, I think they're a team that's a year away, maybe. From being uh, making the kind of noise that they want to make, definitely. Um, I I would agree with that. They they've got the pieces, I think, that but they're just not ready. Same thing with the three seed, the Nuggets. I think that their ceiling is Western Conference Finals, but their and their floor is a second round exit. But well. Um, well, no, a, they could be a first round they exit. Could be a first, very they could be a first round exit. Is be yes, because I think because um, because of the Mavs yeah. or um, um, I believe that Jokic, the fact that they rolled out the tallest lineup ever <laughs> the other day was everybody six eight or taller. I think that could be interesting to put in in these matchups. Um, for a minute or two. For a few minutes. Yeah, for a few minutes in a game. Uh, yeah. Jokic being in the best shape he's ever been in is definitely going to be critical. Uh, the biggest question for them really is, is Jamal Murray a real number two option on a playoff team? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jokic is... He's, he's legit. He's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jamal Murray is the big question mark. He's getting paid like he's legit. I don't think he has proved in it yet. Yeah. Um, and for them to be successful, I believe Jamal Murray has to play well. Uh, but yeah, the big the big man lineup will be extremely interesting to watch, especially if they end up running into the Rockets mm. with their extreme small ball. Yeah. Because then they'll just dominate. I think that would be really exciting to watch a matchup like yes. that. Yes. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. Five, if the Rockets somehow fall down to the six. The Rockets are the six. The Rockets six. are the six. Oh, that would be a very six, interesting yeah. series. For sure. For sure. And, um. Watch out for Bull Bull. <laughs> yes, Bull Bull. He did have his exciting, <laughs> very exciting, uh, debut. He still hasn't played a minute in the regular right, season. Right. <laughs> he, he spent the whole entire year in the G League. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think Michael Porter Jr., uh, is also going to be important because Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. are two guys that slipped definitely in drafts. Yeah. The, the, if you look at the Nuggets roster, they've got a whole bunch of guys like that. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole bunch of young studs. The question is, are they ready? That's their biggest question. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the two seed, the Clippers. I think that, honestly, um, I'm not as high on them as other people are. I think that their floor is a first-round exit, but their ceiling is winning the championship. Um, 
their biggest question when it comes to them for me is just the chemistry because we they haven't. Love management. They have the team. Their starting lineup hasn't really played. Together. Yes, they're start, some of these other teams, They've made but, so many moves, and the guys, the roster hasn't played enough together. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George, they missed so many games for load management right. this season. Um, but let's look at last year. I mean, the Raptors were kind of in a situation where they didn't play together all that long together, but yet they were able to get it Everybody else was that. playing except for Kawhi. Yeah. This year, it's more of a question. Mm. Kawhi's missed time. Paul George has missed time. Lou Will has missed time. And Will missed time now. And Will missed time. <laughs> um, and then they had some big trades. They picked up Noah. They traded for Morris. They picked up Reggie Jackson. They they had a whole bunch of tr- trades mm. at near the de- at the deadline. Then we didn't play much after the deadline. Right. So those guys didn't get that much time to get in with the crowd. Right. So and in a short season, a short eight game, then into playoffs, that's not a lot of time. It's risky. Yeah. Uh I think Patrick Beverly, Kawhi and Paul George all on the court at the same time is going to we and Joakim Noah. I'd be interested is to a see how cra- is Beverly a nasty is a nasty defensive team. Because Patrick Beverly kind of feeds off the fans, and he's a trash talker, so you yeah, can get a lot more technicals. Yes, I believe there will be more technicals. <laughs> That's true. I believe there will be more technicals, especially with the quieter gyms and yeah. refs being able to hear what they say. So I do agree with you that Patrick Beverly probably won't play as well because, well, he feeds off the fans. But defense is going to be, no doubt, defense is something this team is good at. But offense, it takes more connectivity. Um, and I don't know if these guys are really... It doesn't seem like... They they're not fluid. They it looks like they haven't clicked yet. Right. And it's too late, from, in my opinion, for, unless some, for a true... For them to come together fully. Right. They might be able to make it work, but I don't think that they'll be fully cohesive. I think it might, it's going to get them to the conference final. Yes, uh, I quite quite possibly get that final. I believe that yes, they have the talent. Yes, they have the talent to win a chip, but they don't have. Do they have the unity? Is the real question when it comes to that. Then, yeah. um, like I said earlier, the Lakers. I could see them being as low as a as a uh, second as a sec. Well, I said they could be a first round exit if the Trailblazers make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but. So that's what I'm saying. First round exit is their floor, but winning a chip is their ceiling. It really comes down to is LeBron. Yes. Yes. It's really how slow LeBron starts and how much slack can AD pick up. So our question is that is he ready? And so is Le- so LeBron's going to be LeBron. It's going to be his start. AD, is he ready to be the number one option? Because I believe for them to be successful, AD has to be the number one option and LeBron has to be the number two. We saw that that's what LeBron has wanted, but he has never been able to really get in his... And at this point in the career, that's what he needs. I think their next biggest question is Kuzma. I think for them to be successful, Kuzma and Caruso 
need to be need to play lights out. Kuzma, he's playing for his for his contract. Like the coach has literally admitted that Kuzma is in a tough spot. With LeBron, you know, there's not much patience. If I'm, I mean, there's a lot of surprises that he's not traded yet. He did not have a very good year this year, and he. But if we've seen in the scrimmages, he's been lights out. So we need. It's gonna be that is really gonna be what's deciding it. Um, I think the scrimmages show that he can do it, and we've seen in over the past few years that he has potential to be a, to do it. But the question is, it can he make it work with Anthony Davis? Because he hasn't played well with Anthony Davis. He plays well when he's with LeBron and Caruso. That's actually the most successful starting lineup. Those three um, without AD when they're on the court. But the question is. Can they make it work and, and him be the number three option they envisioned him to be? He needs to be the number three option. He has to has to get the points on the board. LeBron can't carry it. Can't carry the team. Uh, he's going to get them to that final, I think. But to win it all, there has to be more scoring. There has to be more of a spread offense. And their bench has to be successful. It has to contribute. All right. Yes, that's our breakdown of the NBA bubble. Thank you for listening. Hello. In this segment, I'm here with my grandfather, and I'm going to ask him some questions about his favorite team, the Knicks. Just asking him how he feels about the new hiring of Tom Thibodeau. Um, do you think this was a good move? I actually think it is a good move for them. I think uh, Tom Thibodeau comes with a lot of experience. He's uh, coached a couple teams in the NBA, has you know fairly fairly decent uh, uh, winning percentage with those teams, and uh, I think he's going to be a good maybe shake things up a little bit for the Knicks. Uh, I know that the the Knicks need some discipline, and I know that's something that he's known for, bringing di- distance, d- discipline and high intensity. So is that really the things you're most excited about seeing him bring to the team? Yeah, if he can uh, bring a, a stronger or higher level of the intensity to the Knicks, that's, that's going to be so appreciated and so needed. Um, discipline, I think... Teams, teams that have struggled for so many years need that discipline to get them back on track. Yeah, and um, I know that some people have been worried about Tom Thibodeau, uh, how he he has a reputation as of overplaying his starters into exhaustion. Uh, are you worried about that at all? No, because I think primarily the Knicks are a somewhat younger team, so some of those younger players can will benefit by playing the extra minutes. And I think probably over the course of his career, he's learned to scale that back a little bit too, and and rest players when they need the rest, and be aware of uh, you know little injuries that might be affecting them. All right, that's our little Knicks Knicks segment. <laughs>